Welcome everyone to the Better, Bolder, Braver podcast, if you're listening there. This is a marketing masterclass with one of our wonderful community members, Leslie Mello. It's going to be all about your brand and your website and why those are important in the business of being a people helper. Uh, we're delighted to have a few other community members with us today in discussion. And so hopefully we'll be hearing from others here uh, about their in real life, live uh, concerns and interests and excitement about this topic. But without any further ado, oh, by the way, my name is Frances Halasji and I am one of the co-founders of Better Bolder Braver, a community for coaches who we call pupil helpers looking to put themselves out there in the world with greater clarity, confidence, creativity, and joy. So Leslie, welcome to Better World Braver. Welcome to this masterclass. How are you arriving? Who are you? And uh, can you give us a little bit of background as to how you got here? Oh, thank you, Francis. Um, I am feeling very nervous. I'm very shy and I joined Better Boulder Braver a few weeks ago, as you know, and have been too shy to even jump on a on a group, any of the group sessions. And somehow you convinced me to get on and do a podcast, which was very sneaky of you. <laughs> I felt I couldn't say no because I like, you know, helping people and spreading the word. So um, very quick bio. I went to art school, wanted to do fine art, but my mom who was paying the tuition thought I should probably have employable skills when I left. So I studied graphic design, which I really liked. Um, but then I got into branding once I moved here um, to London and started working at a big branding agency called Wolf Owens and realized that there was a whole strategy and story behind the decisions that were made for you know, graphic design, what your logo should look like, what your colors, all the design decisions one has to make. And that's when I really fell in love with branding because it was the stories that informed all those decisions that I thought were really compelling and um, informative and really helped me as a designer because in the old days, I would just create logos just from an intuitive perspective. And I did some you know, research into the client's uh, businesses, but there was never a really rigorous process to really figure out what your brand was and how to then create the brand assets that would serve your brand. So um, I love um, how much you've uh, bigged me up, super cheerleader that you are. So thank you for that. Um, I um, I love the title of this, about the beautiful brand assets. And I've been thinking about that. And the, the most beautiful brand assets you can have, um, like there's truth in beauty, right? So they're going to be true to who you are. And that's also why I love starting with the brand strategy. So um, I've been working in brand strategy for the last 20 years and doing design and doing copywriting. And in the middle of all that, I retrained as a nutritional therapist to um, help uh, my youngest child who had this rare autoimmune condition and nutritional therapy was really helping her. So I decided to retrain. I thought I would become a nutritional therapist and I did for a while and I'm, I am still very part-time. But what I really fell in love with was the ability to then help other nutritional therapists get out there and launch their brand. Because when I was graduating from college with a lot of my cohorts, I realized that they were going out and wasting a lot of time and money on branding that wouldn't serve them. So um, the big reason I'm, I'm here is because I love helping the small businesses, especially one-to-one -one coaching businesses, because that's what nutritional therapists are as well. I never thought of myself as a coach until I met you, Francis, and joined this community. And I realized, oh yeah, that's exactly what I am in, in the branding and the nutritional therapy. So, um, so yeah, I'm really excited to just talk to you all today about how a brand can really serve you, what you need, what you don't need. Cause I feel like people tend to overthink and have this image in their mind about this perfect, slick, amazing brand if they want to get out there, but you don't really need that, um, in all cases. So, so yeah, that's me. Did I cover everything? I don't even know. You definitely, okay. definitely covered enough ground that I think we have fodder for at least this conversation, if not mm. many more. And I have to say, 
that one of the things that strikes me is the combination of your having sort of vulnerably and and honestly shared that you're feeling shy mm. with um the sort of the 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 shiny presentation that a website can portray mm. and i'm i'm curious about that uh relationship and sort of i suppose what i'd like to maybe kick off with is you know the sort of why bother question you know and how does that maybe mitigate feelings like shyness how does having a website having a brand serve the person who's trying to put themselves out there as much as it is about clarity to their potential client mm. you've got thoughts on that yeah absolutely because um you know i think we all suffer from imposter syndrome to a certain extent and I think that some people, when they go to maybe a design agency who creates this really slick, beautiful, amazing looking website with maybe a fancy logo um, uh, and lots of aspects that the person, it, it doesn't feel authentic to them because it's like too removed from them. So I kind of want to strip back Brandy to something much more simple. And um, I very painfully went through the own, my own process of rebranding myself just recently um, because I needed, I, I was hiding behind a very generic website for a long time. And I wasn't following any of the advice that I was giving all of my clients. And I would say, do as I say, don't do as I do. And those who can't do teach. And I would use all those jokes. But then I realized I really do have to kind of put my own brand out there, which, um, which meant getting professional photography of myself. Because if you're a coach, if you're a one-to-one -one person, people are going to be working with you. They want to see you. They need to, they need to know, trust, and like you. So they need to first know who you are. Um, and people don't want to kind of have to search through your website for that, that photo of you, because no matter how much good copywriting is there, we're all hardwired as people, you know, those of us who have sight, to to look at somebody's face and to connect with the face on an emotional level. And I just want to also preface this whole conversation that the only purpose of your brand has is to connect to your audience on an emotional and personal level. It doesn't matter if you're a washing machine manufacturer or a coach that deals with, you know, educational professionals. It's um, really important that you create um, a, a whole brand and communicate yourself in a way that connects with your ideal audience because you want to work with people who need you. You don't want to be advertising to people who don't need you, um, who don't click with your way of working. But um, um, making that emotional connection is really important. And oh my God, I would have rather gone to the dentist than have my photo taken and put it up on my website. I hated it so much. I went to a total tailspin. I I felt so uncomfortable. I had all those kind of, all those kind of voices from child about being a show off. Cause I was really good at art. Like I was the best, like people used to ask me to draw anything when I was a kid in, in school. And a lot of my friends liked me drawing like, you know, pictures of their rock idols or, <laughs> or Garfield, the cat, you know? And so, but then other people would say, oh, you're such a show off. And I would feel ashamed of my skill and my talent. So all those things as you know, come up when you're a coach and you're having to actually put yourself out there and say, this is what I do. This is how I can help. This is who I am. And that you're confident that you can really help people. So I've just been through that process myself. It was so painful, but I did it. And if, you, if I can do it, you can too. Cause I'm, I'm very much an introvert. Um, so I did it. And then I worked really hard at not only just creating some elements that I felt were, I wanted something um, that was calming and not kind of shouting because I wanted to um, attract other people who I could really relate to. So other people who are a bit more introverted because there's lots of um, people out there who um, already have that kind of go get them marketing mindset and they're not shy and they can get out there and they everybody has imposter syndrome, but uh, to a certain extent, but I wanted to really target the people who had the most difficulty um, getting out there. So I created my look and feel to just be very kind of calm and warm and welcoming and friendly. And um, so that I could 
you know, emotionally connect to those people who really needed me the most. So it's about, you know, really thinking about who your audience is and how you can show up for them. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's, I couldn't pretend to be this bold, brash, go-getter type of coach because, because I'm not um, that person in real life. So. Feels to me like um, it's not just a case of uh, attracting the right people, but it's a really important filter opportunity that people get a sense for who you are, how you work um, and get turned away so as to protect you um, mm. by a really strong brand that sort of communicates, as you say, you know, what you're all about. So yeah. how how do you start working with someone if if you trying to help them with a brand and a website where what are the first questions that you find yourself asking so when people come to me they'll say i need a logo or i need a website i need a look and feel um and i always say that i start with the brand strategy because that's the story that you want to tell and i have to really understand where you're coming from and who you are and i and i work with all types you know i don't i don't just work with people who consider themselves shy or introverted or, you know, highly sensitive. Um, so, um, you know, I, I've worked with a huge range of nutritional therapists and some are personal trainers who run marathons and are amazing go-getters and high energy people. And I create a brand that totally ref reflects that and will connect with the people who will work well with them because we go through the brand strategy. So just very briefly, your brand strategy should define um, first of all, your audience. I always start with the audience because it's really important to figure out who you want to help and and what's the problem you want to solve for them. Because at the end of the day, people are buying your solution to their problem. So I always start with the audience because we have to figure out who we're talking to and then what's their problem? How do you want to solve it? Um, we, I always look at competition too because people get really... Um, also intimidated by the competition that's out there because there seem to be so many nutritional therapists out there or so many coaches out there doing similar things. And I use the competition analysis to really show people that they are still different to everyone else out there, that they're unique. And there's some very important things that they have to offer in a way that nobody else can. So we do that. And then that then gives your positioning. So how do you how do you stand out from the competition? What makes you different? And then we do look at the vision, the mission, the values, all those things that help you kind of stay true to who you are in your brand. Because when you when you define those things and you're really on board with them and it's very clear in your head, um, and it's actually clear in a document that you can actually reference, um, it's just really easy to make decisions because we have to make so many decisions. You know, if you want to put a blog post up or an Instagram post, you know, you have to decide on the content and the and the look and you know there's so but if you have it all defined then it's just much easier to make those decisions and then have a consistent brand because again if your brand is inconsistent you'll confuse you'll confuse your audience and i have this other line that if you confuse them you'll lose them so you don't want to lose people's trust interest connection so to be really clear on who you are is essential before you even begin to start on the visuals. So that's where I start. And, and the way I implement that is through a, a branding workshop, which is basically a two hour long therapy session, <laughs> I've realized. So even, even for slightly larger businesses, it gets very, it gets very emotional why people are doing the job they're doing and how they want to, because everybody who's doing a job wants to do it because they're helping someone. So, so that's the first step. Thank you. We we talk in this community a lot about selling to people what they want, but serving them what they need. Mm. And we talk about the levels of awareness in what we call the journey of consciousness. And actually just this morning, John Paul, myself and some others were having a conversation about doing work in the corporate space and about how it's not just the who John Paul offered, that it's a willingness to do the work and also we decided clarity about what the work that was needed actually was. So it sounds to me like you more often than not go on quite a significant journey with people who might be arriving without a real sense of what it is that they really need. 
with no clarity about what it should look like visually, even if they do have some sense of the bigger picture and their mission and their vision yeah. in words. Um, so how do you edit for yourself, Leslie, who you attract so that you're not sort of in a sea of people needing to do a lot of therapy before they can even sort of move forward with you? Um, I, I don't have the problem of being in a sea of people quite honestly. So I, um, I have just enough business to keep me ticking over and full disclosure. I had some very bad health issues this year, so I had to completely stop and now I'm restarting again. So that's the first time I've ever had a big break and I've had to actually look for work because I used to just get like word of mouth, you know? So, um, so I, I always have a discovery call and I can sense from that call, whether or not people value the type of work and are willing to put in the time and the budget needed to do that work, or whether people just want a quick solution, a quickie logo. And in my very early days, I used to say, okay, yeah, you don't have to do this. I'll just do a quickie logo. But then that didn't serve them. And it didn't serve me because it's still my work that's out there. And I didn't feel like I was doing their business justice. And I wasn't being true to my own values. So the quick discovery call, I can usually figure that out. Um, but if we click, we click. And then, and then the therapy session, I love it because yeah, people often come to me really confused about what they should do, what they want to do, um, how they want to present themselves. But what I love so much about this work and what I tell people is that I don't advise on anything. <laughs> I you already have all the answers inside you as a business, as a brand. And all I do is I dig into that mine. I basically have the client do all the work and then I charge them for it. I'm like, you're going to go into this mine. I'm going to help you. You're going to pull out all this ore. I'm going to polish up the ore. I'm going to find the golden nuggets. I'm going to find the diamonds. And then when we really find that thing that resonates with you and you get that kind of aha moment, then I like polish it up and then I you know, package it obviously with all the design and, and the words, and then I, I sell it back to you. So they all have the answers and it's a total gold mine. And when we really start digging, just the stuff that comes up is so beautiful. I'll, I'll use a very quick example of one of my colleagues who I graduated with. She was a special needs teacher and she went into nutritional therapy because she really wanted to help these special needs kids because she saw how restricted their eating was and wanted to become a nutritional therapist. So she was um, doing a brand, the brand workshop with me. And <clears throat> during the whole um, process, I, I could see her very seriously talking about how much these kids needed the support and how it's a really good thing she should be doing and whatever. But then she'd start talking about this natural moisturizer she made that was completely free of toxins and how much she loved um, this beauty product. And and oh, I've got this great new skincare hack. And, and at the end of the session, we realized she shouldn't be a nutritional therapist that was about helping special needs kids, which was very worthy and very important, but do the thing that brought her that spark and that joy. And <clears throat> so we found out, excuse me, um, that that was what was the real kind of gold inside of her and what really brought her joy. And she just lit up every time she talked about this. So we went completely different direction and I helped her then brand herself as a natural skincare specialist who helped people build their skin health from the inside out and deal with all kinds of things. And it was brilliant. She'd do workshops for my teenage daughters and her friends on, on how to avoid toxic products. And, and she just, yeah, she was like, I would have never ever thought that I was allowed to go into this before I did the work with you. So that was really special. And that's an extreme example, but um, but it's about, she already had it in her. I just had to pull it out. So, and then once you pull that out, then we get into the design and we have a design workshop and we look at all the aspects. Okay. You want to be, um, you know, this kind of specialist. Um, but there's so many different ways you can do this in order to express your brand personality. So how do we do this? And that's a whole nother process. And that involves, you know, in the end, creating your logo or your logo type, your color palette, your fonts, all those things will have 
will create what's called the visual language. And this visual language also has very subliminal um, effects on people that people don't know. Even, even the type of font you choose can have an effect on how someone feels about your brand. So I take people through that whole process as well. Let's talk about that a bit more because I think people get yeah. intimidated by the kind of semiotics is mm. the is the wanky posh word yeah the, the connotations and denotations of word mm. image juxtaposition and yeah. as you say the kind of emotional place that can take you know somebody to if you use a particular font or color mm. so mm. I guess one question I have is is there a right or a wrong way to do branding and mar and website building that you try to help people understand? Or are you also able to kind of show that it's entirely subjective and there is no, I'm thinking about the structure of website actually and sort of mm. this page needs to be first because people need to be hit with a who are you or mm. what are you about? Or does it really depend on what they're bringing and what their methods are as a coach and what yeah. their personalities are? Um, it's a little of both because of course there's so much kind of like best practice out there and and data that supports and eye tracking all the UX stuff that supports how people kind of arrive at a, a at a website but again I don't like to to over complicate it and at on some level it is subjective but on another level we just know certain things work well to help the person get to that point of just picking up the phone or booking in your discovery call to talk to you because your website, your brand, your Instagram, it can only communicate so much. It's the whole point of this is to get people to connect with you personally, get you on the phone, because that's when the real magic happens, right? So it's just that kind of doorway you want them to walk through. And I mean, there's crazy research out there that says, I think you have four seconds when people click on your website, four to seven seconds before people decide whether or not they're going to investigate further. So you've got to really capture people's attention. Um, and then you've got to kind of lead them gently to, or, or lead them strongly, whatever, you know, however you want to do it, however your brand personality is, but um, then lead them to the next steps to connect with you on a, on a, on a, on a real level to pick up the phone, to make that, that call, to make that discovery call. So, um, and a lot of times you'll get word of mouth recommendation and people will just go to the website to see, oh, do you exist? Are you legitimate? So they just need to see something that's professional, that's clear. Yes, they are a nutritional therapist. Yes, they help with eczema. I'm in the right place, you know? And, and oh, doesn't she look lovely? And, oh, here's her personal story. She had problems with her own skin. She's going to understand me. I feel safe working with her. So depending on the person's own story about why they became a nutritional therapist, I will help them weave that into the website and just kind of lead people through the story. So there's, you know, it's not black and white. It's not completely binary. It's... Um, but I think that everybody has seen enough websites and we're all intelligent enough to know that when we're building the website instinctively, like, yeah, this is going to work with my audience. This is going to help them understand what I do and why I do it and trust me. And, and, you know, sometimes I do have to push people to, to be a little bit more personal because a lot of nutritional therapists also graduate and we have a big hang up because we're not seen as being real health professionals. So we'll start using very kind of elaborate medical language and try to be very clinical and very professional. Um, uh, so sometimes I have to coach people to kind of dial back that kind of tone of voice and just be much more personal and authentic in, in their own personal stories of why they became a nutritional therapist and the type of people they want to help. So again, it, it's all guided from that, that brand strategy, which is your own personal story. So. Thank you. I want to um, give people here the opportunity to uh, reflect on anything you're saying or ask any questions. So if you'd like to raise your hand, uh, as it were, then we can come to you if you've got any thoughts. Um, I'm really pleased that we're talking about this because I think one of the big things that Simon and I try and help people understand in this community is that actually a website 
isn't marketing, which sounds really perverse. Um, but your website, I've come to call it recently, um, is more of a kind of car park, but it's so much more than that as you're as you're illustrating. Um, but it isn't the way in which people first get to know you or first get to hear or first get to feel seen by you. Mm. It's where they go for clarity. It's where they go for a sort of clear picture of how, how are we going to do this work? And as you say, who are you? Why you? Um, and so in a way, the pressure is on at the mm. point of a website because that's the bit where you have to pin your um nail your flag to the mast about your method about who you are and why you're doing this work because everything before that is about sort of gently guiding people to the website and asking questions that might take them from one place to another and as you say at the website stage it's where they decide all right I think this is the person for me I can see how they work I'm going to book a call I see the next steps I understand mm. so the pressure is there for people and so I think that's why people get quite hung up on brand and website and feel they have to do it right but I think sometimes what can be quite dangerous is then people hide behind the website and publish really long blog posts mm. on the website that are them processing out loud how they feel about things which is fine to share and good to share and lovely to share but it's not going to bring people to you and maybe isn't what you want people to see when they come to a website that needs to be simple for them to understand. I wonder if anyone here has any thoughts. Sarah, what's coming up for you in this conversation? Um, let me just lower that. I, I just wanted to, um, to reiterate, I think, something that um, Leslie has said, a couple of things is, I think the professional photographs are just so critical and that is an investment in yourself. It really is to get that right. I didn't get that right, first of all, at all. And then I did go to see a professional photographer and I also even paid to have somebody to have my makeup and hair done. You wouldn't think it from now, but I because I brushed here, but I did. And it really, really made a difference. And, and I also then had those professional photographs that I could use. So, and I've used them so many times. So I really really support that and recommend it if you you know it does cost and there's levels obviously that you can pay but but I, I really recommended that and I think for me there was something about my my website's gone through a couple of reiterations and I recently did another sort of refresh of it and now I think it really represents me and it isn't going to attract everybody I understand that but the branding the imagery on it is is where I'm I'm the most happy about it that I've been through all the development that I've gone through and it does take time to get to get it right and it's okay sometimes to 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 have to keep redoing it refreshing it and I know what you mean I don't want people to read loads of big blog posts I've got some articles on there and things but really it's about this is what I do and this is what we can do together so it's it's a work I always think it's a continual work in progress I don't know mm. That's how Leslie would feel, and and whether that's right to say, but but it, it's it. I just wanted to, I suppose, for other people here, I don't know how long they are about making their websites or their branding. It, it's okay to keep adjusting and and changing it till it feels right. And now I've got that, but it's taken me a long time. Sorry if that was a bit long, but no. Um. Thanks, Sarah. No, thank you so much for reiterating or reinforcing that the the professional photography is really important. It's if you're if you're a coach, if you're if you're a person delivering a service, um, just briefly, I always call your website your your shop front. It's just people, you know, it's where people arrive, and it's like, and then where do they want to go in the store? You know, where do they what are they going to find? Because some people will go right to the blog post because you're a known expert in you know, skincare. So they want to read all your top tips or whatever, but sometimes they need to find something else. So, um, and I always tell people, Sarah, that your, your brand is a breathing, living organism. It's not set in stone. Even if you work with someone like me who goes through really kind of due diligence to get like the most authentic brand look and feel with a beautiful logo type and an amazing palette of colors and very elegant fonts that look professional, you know, you might, you might live in in that brand for six months to a year and then and then 
get some feedback from people and, and need to shift it. What, what shouldn't change unless you're completely changing your business is your original reason for doing it and your values. And, and if you do find it changing, then you might not have done the work that you needed to, to really discover the, the authentic core reason behind your brand strategy. So yeah, thanks for that. The, the, one of the reasons I started doing these branding workshops with my colleagues is because they were going out and they're spending like 500 pounds on a logo and a cool name for their nutritional therapy practice. And I was just like, you don't need, you are the logo. Your face is the logo. You just need your, your, your name in a typeset in a really simple font. You don't need a fancy symbol. I always say logos are for, for products, not for people. So you don't, you don't need something. It's just, you need to look really consistent, professional, you know, a well-crafted logo type is going to go far instead of something just typed out in comic sans and in word and cut and pasted you know it's it's going to have a different uh feel to people they want to know that you're you know professional that you're trustworthy but um but yeah even your logo type can change your brand can change over time once you sit with it once you live in it um yeah so i i, I agree with that So. Making me think about better, bolder, braver, of course. But that's it's. What what do you mean? Because you you got a great logo type. I mean, and that yeah. it's a logo type. It's not even a real logo because it's not a symbol that represents who you guys are. It's, and well, and of course, if you're creating an agency with another person, then you do have to come up with a, a new name unless you use your two names together or whatever. You have to come up with a name for a business when it's more than just you. But usually, coaches or certainly nutritional therapists start out as just them. Mm. And even if they become really successful and start training therapists under them and have these big clinics, they're still known as that kind of person. I hate using the guru term, but there's some kind of gurus out there that people really trust because they trust them as a nutritional therapist, whereas a clinic name is more generic and they're not quite sure who's behind it. And um, yeah, so better, bolder, bravers, great because it does what it says on the tin that's the whole reason we're here i i was attracted to it because i need a little bit of that i'm very shy i'm very introverted i need someone to encourage me to be bolder and braver so i can be better um and i really love your branding because it's really simple it's really elegant it's just it's just the logo type it's not trying to create a clever symbol for people because then that just kind of it can complicate things not to say you know, there's any, again, black and white rule. Of course, a person can have a symbol along with their brand and it can look really cool and people will remember it because that's the other thing. A logo type, a logo, a name, all it is is a, a recall mechanism. That's all. So people can, it's going to be short, memorable. People imagine it. Oh yeah, that's that brand I remember. I mean, you know, years and years ago, suggesting that they call a very high-tech piece of equipment Apple, People must have thought they were completely insane. And now when you say Apple to anyone, I bet 50% of the time they're thinking about the computer company and not the actual piece of fruit. So um, again, it's, it's a process and it's finding out what can best serve you. But all those beautiful brand elements, again, it doesn't mean that it's going to be the color blue or the color red. It means what's the color that is most true to who you are and how you want to connect with your audience. And that's what makes your brand elements beautiful. Thank you. So. I, yeah, I, um, it's funny cause we had, we did decide to invest quite a lot in the big picture of things, Simon and myself in a very wonderful brand consultant called Martine. And, mm. uh, there's a, an interview with her. We did very, very early on about our own brand. And I remember when Simon and I were given our brand assets, were given our brand guidelines by Martine, and we were both so excited about it. And we sat in a pub in Brighton and we printed it out. There's a picture of us on our Instagram uh, account of us sitting in the pub with our new brand guidelines. And it felt like we were really giving birth to something. Mm. And the process that we went through with Martine about what we were doing it was the same time we were writing our manifesto and she did come up with symbols, shapes and a, a really lovely combination, a library of um, 
how we could use these different shapes that represented the different, the better, the bolder and the braver, the, the people, the shape of the community. And whether or not any of that does, I mean, there was a lot of science behind the subliminal meaning of those shapes and the pictures, uh, the images, sorry, the colours. Um, she gave us a lovely range of, a lovely palette of quite a lot of colours to play with. I want to echo your point earlier that I feel very contained by our brand guidelines. I, I just don't have to worry too much when I'm trying to put out a post about which colour I use, what font I use, what colour font I use. It's all there for me. I just, it just means I, it's like having really fast internet. You just get mm. so much more done because there's not something holding you back for no for stupid reason. Um, and I still feel it, you know, two years later does what it needs to do, but I'm also alive to what you're saying about using your branding as a way to kind of revisit who you are and how things are evolving. Um, and so, yes, John Paul, what are your thoughts at this point? So, um, I think paraphrasing some of what you said, I think I like the idea as a brand, as a launch point to conversations that you want to have. You don't have to answer every question on your website. What you want to do is kind of prompt those conversations. But my 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 challenge is that uh, my skill set. I've got. I'm very much a generalist. I'm much. I'm. I'm. I'm quite a Swiss Army knife. Mm. I do lots of different things, and it really depends on what the needs of that person is. Will depend how I choose to work with them. What I need to communicate. So there's a tendency for me to try and pack everything in because I can do all these different things, and that weakens that message. And how do you kind of, if you are kind of a bit of a Swiss Army knife generalist? How do you get that across in a, in a way that is clear and concise? Um, that's a great question because there, you know, we're always taught to niche, niche, niche to get our target audience who can really become experts. And, and I work with some nutritional therapists who just aren't ready to niche. So they're the Swiss army too. They do everything um, they possibly can, but what doesn't change is what we call and what Simon Sinek did a great TED talk on, I think, the big why. So why you're doing this for people is going to, to be the same because you help people, you help people um, and businesses that create social impact, correct? Is that what you said? So so like to really to, to really communicate why this is important to you and why you want to help people. And it can be about making life more fair. It can be about, you know, helping out those most in need. Um, and that's going to resonate with people because they're going to think, oh, okay, I don't, I sort of know what John Paul does. He's going to help my business. I don't quite know how he's going to do it because he's got a thousand different tools he can use on his Swiss army knife to help me get to that place. But I really trust him because he feels the exact same reason he feels the exact same way I do about why it's important um, that my organization succeeds because we want to have the social impact. So you, you take the thing that communicates the most emotionally to your audience and you're consistent about that. And then you can change your tools. I think you, I think Francis, there was like a podcast or something recently where you were talking about the difference between the offer and the, something else, the service or something, but it's like what you offer is always the same. So you're offering a solution so it's to improve their business, X, Y, Z. How you do it can change. It can evolve. I mean, technology evolves so quickly. You know, a year ago, I was thinking about doing kind of off the peg blog posts for nutritionists so they didn't have to worry about writing their own blog posts. Thank God I didn't develop that because then chat GPT came along. <laughs> And it's like, that would have like completely scuppered my whole business model. Um, so Swiss Army Knife is great, but to just communicate the, the why, the why you're doing it. And that's the emotional part. And that's, and the brand can really communicate that. And then the how can change, even the what you offer can change, but it's the, it's that kind of, yeah, that people will trust you to help them because you're on, you're on the same on the same page as them and you have the same values. 
Yeah, I think two things coming up for me there. Um, and I actually did this piece of work only yesterday with a one-to-one -one client who also felt she had lots and lots of stuff that she could do with people. And I asked her to draw, in fact, boxes and to try to put the stuff that she was talking about in three boxes and then to kind of name the boxes mm. uh, and try and work out if what she was describing was different stuff for different stages or was it different stuff that spoke to different needs or different stuff because of different resources available to try to get to it being about the person and not about you the deliverer because then you talk to the headlines that they actually are aware of whether they're limits of budget limits of capacity awareness um and then the how, as Leslie says, may come out the wash later. In fact, it might be overwhelming to try to give them the how. And what we need to do is foster trust in us that we have lots of hows and we won't we won't overwhelm them with the hows right now. It's not for that part of the gift of coaching is that you remove from them the need to feel so responsible for the detail of how and that you're going to hold their hand through the process and work with them in a very personal way to deliver what they need, the outcome that they're looking for. Um, but I love the idea of using imagery to communicate that you do have a Swiss army knife and to celebrate something that for you might feel like a problem and actually pivot it, like turn it around into a really beautiful image that really communicates to people your strength which a Swiss army knife actually does do. Um, and so you can just keep celebrating the fact that you're not going to go into all the detail about your Swiss army knife, but that you have it in your back pocket, literally to bring out when it's needed. And you won't know until you're camping what, what tools you're gonna need in your army knife. Um, but there's something about a Swiss army knife, which is actually quite beautiful because it represents spontaneity, being prepared, uh, you know, sort of boundaries and being looked after. And I, I actually think it's quite a nice image, actually, um, how it kind of works in tandem with a, an image that might communicate social change. I'm not sure. Maybe that's one you can talk to Leslie about after this conversation. Um, but I think it's these conversations that actually then, you know, pull out you know phrases that we might just have put to one side as being a problem like a swiss army knife and actually you then come to celebrate it as the very image or the very word or the very phrase that you can use to communicate what wasn't it isn't a complication actually but is a a beautiful thing that makes unique as as leslie began this by talking about um so i'm mindful of time leslie i would like to know how there's one more question from gary um or comment and then how you know who would you like to work with how can people find you um and what would you like to leave people what's your invitation to people to think about um having listened to this conversation uh gary how how are you right now Sorry, I got distracted there. Can I ask a question? Is that okay? Of course, yeah. Yeah, okay, thanks. Yeah, um, I made my own logo, Leslie. <laughs> and I, I think I used Comic Sans. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Is it really that bad? Well, it depends on what kind... So, it depends on what kind of um, sense you want to communicate about yourself comic sans was developed for comic books so if you want a kind if it's a, a brand for children and it's an entertaining brand then i mean you're in education uh, a graduate but are they graduating from university or are they graduating from preschool so so um comic sans it's like this love-hate relationship all designers like to kind of dump on comic sans um because we're very snobby about it um but just just to say that subliminally people do have different reactions to different fonts and so fonts choosing the right font is important and i did um uh, i'll try to be very quick but i did this really nice um uh 
there was this event at my child's school and she, it was an, a careers day. So I was like, I'm a branding and consultant and graphic designer. Here's how to build a brand. And I just had these little cards out. And one was, um, uh, I wanted them to brand four businesses. One was a kickboxing gym. One was a day spa. One was a solicitor and one was a toy store. And then I had four, four different things that just said logo in four different typefaces. So one was in like a, an elegant serif font. One was in like a swirly script font. One was in a really big, bold font. And one was in like a bubbly Comic Sans font. And every kid matched the right font to the right. So they matched the big, bold one to the kickboxing. They matched the traditional one to the solicitors. They matched the script font to the spa. And they matched the Comic Sans type one to the toy store. And it's like, what? Why do we have this visual language ingrained into us? But we just do because of seeing literally thousands and thousands of images and how these visual languages and fonts have developed over the years and why they were created. So it's just kind of, it's just kind of in our DNA to respond to different fonts in this way. So, so I would say that Comic Sans is the correct font if you want people to subliminally feel that you're something to do with children, with lightheartedness, with storytelling. But if you're dealing with people who want to feel like they want to make the most out of their education or ready to take the, the next step and be a bit grown up in the world, then you might want to think of a more kind of grown up font. But unless you've gone to art school, you've taken those, you say, wanky uh, semiotics classes to learn about the, the meaning behind design, then you don't necessarily know this. And Comic Sans is just a really fun, comforting, friendly font. So people choose it a lot because they want to feel just kind of comfortable with it and not very intimidating as well. So, um, but I would say your font is just one part of your brand, Gary, and I'm sure the rest of your brand is is brilliant and you communicate what you need to, to attract the right clients. So I, I might forgive you for Comic Sans. I'll have to look at your website. Could I go one step further and say that I think sometimes Gary is not aware enough to speak to the levels of awareness of how incredibly supportive and cheerleading he is he's one of the mm. most um responsive um what's the right word observant collaborative and cheerleading people in this community which you know as the chief cheerleader is is something i'm very proud to have in him and I would want his brand to communicate that because I think maybe what he doesn't talk to a lot, but which I think the people that he work with, works with really benefit from mm. is his ongoing cheerleading, his ongoing support. So for me, with Gary, something that says this is not just about the time we spend together, but a sense that I'm here for you and that I see you and I will support you on an ongoing basis. That's important. Now, I don't even know if Gary had thought about that at all, but I think sometimes maybe what we're talking about here is like maybe there's some sort of collaborative approach to branding where when you're doing a piece of work around your website and your brand, it's useful to get feedback from other people around you, from previous clients, existing clients, friends, about how other people see you as well. I think sometimes we're so in our own heads about who we are that you know we need that sort of more global understanding of ourselves that we can then respond to that either feels really good or that is not what I want the world to know about me which is why a brand is important for me to kind of re-establish for those around me what I'm all about so um maybe we'll do another workshop with you Leslie um mm. and people can bring who they are and collaboratively we can support them in developing a brand love it <laughs> you just you said it so beautifully there too it's it's not that again it's the kind of how you're going to make people feel when they're working with you Gary more than the actual thing so I, I use the example of being graduates being grown up and having a serious font but maybe your font is handwritten in some places because you give such a personal warm and I immediately got that from you at the beginning of this session the way you it you know you know cheerleaded you know um, supported me with the same way that Francis kind of supported me with the cheerleader aspect so um so yeah that was really nice the way you said that that's that might be the the kind of nugget that needs to be expressed the most in gary's brand again it's not the what it's not even the how but it's the why and how you make people feel when they work with you so so yeah great thanks gary thank so you 
yeah yes how can people find you yeah if i mean obviously if people are in the community you can find leslie in the community but for anyone listening you can yeah I'm very bad at jumping back. I'm very bad at being on communities. I have a kind of, I have to get more, I'm kind of, you know, very shy. And, and I also tend to go down rabbit holes and, and, and get lost in places. So I will try more to be on the community, but if you want to get in touch with me directly, please do. I think all my information's up on, on the, on the community website, but my, my website is mellowbranding.com because I'm Leslie Mellow. Um, and which is M E double L O, I should correct. say. No W, Mellow Branding. So I was introduced to my my then future husband as Mellow by name, not by nature. It was such a kind of nervous little thing. So, well, actually, my... I I think that's exactly the opposite. I feel incredibly mellow right now. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if others would agree, but I find being in your yeah. company. I do want to reassure people that there's no huge right or wrong answer. I really love working. So you asked who I like to work with. I just love working with people who are desperate to help other people who are a bit confused about how to put themselves out there and are lacking the confidence because the the main thing a brand gives my client when I'm all done and when I give them those brand guidelines, like you said, when you and Simon were sitting down looking at them is, is confidence like, oh, now I can go out in the world and it really feels professional, but it also really feels like me. Everything feels right. It's like wearing that perfect outfit to the party. You know, sometimes we go to a party and we wear that super fancy outfit we think is appropriate. But we, we just feel a bit stiff and a bit awkward in it. And it, it's an amazing, you know, outfit, you know, objectively, but it doesn't fit. So I, I love giving people that kind of comfort and that confidence just go out there and not be afraid of not having any website or brand shame, not being afraid of saying, okay, go to mellowbranding.com. Because up until I redid my website, I had quite a lot of website shame because I just didn't do what I knew needed to be done. So thank yeah, you. So. Thank you. Um, so thanks everyone for being here. Thanks for listening. And uh, we hope that you have left off with many thoughts is there one final invitation Leslie before we round off one question that you like for people listening or here now to think just about? if they have any more questions that I didn't cover please feel free to email me I'm happy to have a, a discovery call and say something specific because a lot of times people don't like to to speak up in a group too and I'm very happy to have one-on-one uh, conversations so just there's a there's a link to book a discovery call because I know people coming to this beautiful brand assets they might have wanted to hear like what makes a beautiful logo? What makes a beautiful color palette? And, you know, that's, that's, there's no wrong, right answer about that, but it's what makes the right thing for you and your brand um, and crafting that to a, to a, to a professional level that I can help people with. So please just get in touch. I'm very happy to have a further conversation for any questions that were left unanswered and get more specific about your own um, brand. And I'm very happy to go on your website and give you a quick audit of your of your website and look at it and just give you a verbal quick verbal feedback on where I think there might be a disconnect and how it can be improved so amazing thanks Leslie oh thank you guys I, I hope I see you all again on the community